January 24, Matthew chapter 15, beginning at verse 29, through chapter 16, verse 12. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee, and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought him the lame, blind, crippled, mute, and many others with physical difficulties, and they laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking around. And those who had been blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry, or they will faint along the road. The disciples replied, And where would we get enough food out here in the wilderness for all of them to eat? Jesus asked, How many loaves of bread do you have? They replied, Seven and a few small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, thanked God for them, broke them into pieces, and gave them to the disciples, who distributed the food to the crowd. They all ate until they were full, and when the scraps were picked up, there were seven large baskets of food left over. There were four thousand men who were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Then Jesus sent the people home, and he got into a boat and crossed over to the region of Magadan. One day the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus' claims by asking him to show them a miraculous sign from heaven. He replied, You know the saying, Red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow, red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You're good at reading the weather signs in the sky, but you can't read the obvious signs of the times. Only an evil, faithless generation would ask for a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. Later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any food. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They decided he was saying this because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you worried about having no food? Won't you ever understand? Don't you remember the five thousand I fed with five loaves and the baskets of food that were left over? Don't you remember the four thousand I fed with seven loaves with baskets of food left over? How could you even think I was talking about food? So again I say, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about yeast or bread, but about the false teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This week's Bible Meditation, 2 Corinthians 7.10 Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrows brings death.
Hello everyone, my name is Rusty Robertson. I'm 58 years old. I am just about as nervous as you could possibly be right now. I've been, I'm in phase two at the refuge. I've been here, I guess, about six weeks. I came here looking for something I've been looking for my entire life. Uh, I came here looking for a relationship with Jesus. I have run from God for a very long time. There has always been something preventing me from having this relationship. There's been something between me and God that has prevented this thing from actually occurring. <clears throat> I, I know having a personal relationship with Jesus exists. I've seen it in other people, and I want it. Um, I came to the refuge because it was a faith-based program. I've tried every other kind of program you possibly can. I can't even remember how many pro treatment facilities and programs I've actually been in. I just don't remember any longer. Um, <clears throat> I do know what's between me and God, um, and it's pride. And for some reason, maybe it was the era I was raised in, I don't know. But, for some reason, I've just not been able to get rid of it, and it has been the what's prevented this relationship from occurring. I've been pretty much uncomfortable since I came to the refuge, and, and that is actually why I decided to come to the refuge. Because when I was sitting in that church down the street here in Lancaster, and I made the decision to come here. It was because it made me nervous to do this. And I thought being that nervous, it was the right thing to do. And I've been pretty uncomfortable and nervous since I've been here. And I think if you're going to change and you're going to try and have a different way of living, it's not gonna be easy. Change is difficult. But since I've been here, I've seen other people, I've seen changes in other people, and I've seen even some changes in myself. And I'm gonna tell you, uh, I'm not still here because I want to be, because pretty much every day I wanna run screaming for the hills. I'm here because God is doing for me what I absolutely cannot do for myself. That's it in a nutshell. I do not have the power to stay here on my own. I, I am halfway out the door every day, but he continues to keep me here. And you have no idea how thankful I am for that. I know where I was before I got here. I was in a prison. And I am so 
grateful that he pulled me out of that and he pulled me into the refuge. And every time I see someone leave here, I ache for them. This is not a joke. This is life and death. This is salvation. This is your opportunity to actually live for once. And I'm just thrilled to death that he has given me another opportunity at this life. Um, So I wish you all the best and thank you for this opportunity. Psalm chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. We'll read about a day of trouble. David was going out to battle, and he and his people gathered to pray. His secret of victory was the name of the Lord, the Lord he worshipped sincerely and sacrificially. We'll read about a day of triumph. Again, it is in the name of the Lord that you fight the forces of evil. God hears and answers prayer and sends you the help you need. You can count on it. And we'll read about a day of trust. David had a great name, but the name of the Lord is much greater. Some people have names that cannot be trusted, but God's name has never failed. Your days of trouble can become days of triumph if you trust in the name of the Lord. Psalm 20, verses 1 through 9. For the choir director, a psalm of David. In times of trouble, may the Lord respond to your cry. May the God of Israel keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory, flying banners to honor our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed king. He will answer him from his holy heaven and rescue him by his great power. Some nations boast of their armies and weapons, but we boast in the Lord our God. Those nations will fall down and collapse. But we will rise up and stand firm. Give victory to our King, O Lord. Respond to our cry for help. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. Pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay far from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then stick to the path and stay safe. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. 